good evening and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lydia. Today I've got a lady who I've worked quite closely with over the last three years. Her name is Sandra Powell and we're going to talk about children uh, and counselling with children and the necessity for it. I'll read through her bio and then I'll introduce her and she'll join me in the conversation. Sandra Powell is a Christian. She holds two degrees and a very recent MA in MA Diploma in Clinical Supervision. She is an integrative transpersonal psychotherapist and has been practicing for nearly 10 years. She runs her own private practice and she's currently working with a secondary school and is a member of the Grenfell Inquiry Mental Health Support Team. Her clients are vast and varied with people of all faiths or none and diverse backgrounds. She works with children, young adults, adults, right up to an elderly age, couples and families. Her areas of experience and expertise include and continue to expand working with identity, self-esteem, spiritual, stroke religious, self-harm, and relational challenges to meet the diverse needs of the client. I welcome Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Do you want to share a little bit of yourself or you think your bio does it? I think the bio covers quite a bit. Um, I think when I was glimpsing over the, 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 the short paragraph, I thought, okay, we can either be here all day <laughs> <laughs> or I could just, you know, put this in one and um, send it across to give you just a fair idea. There are few other things that I have actually done um, that are outside of counselling you know which is uh, I've uh, run a family business IT business um, for yeah with my family for over 10 years so to speak it was an accredited um, IT centre and um, I've, I've gone from I've done different things, but um, worked with the church, for the church, um, and also uh, had, a, I, I don't know how I think I stumbled into it, but I, I ran a few um, cafeterias in several different building sites, so to speak. So I think I'm the kind of person that just puts my hand to the plow when I need to. And, uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And if I ask you why, out of all these sort of diverse gifts and things that you're very capable at doing, why I can imagine that along the way you were training to be a counselor, um, working, going to school, like most of us did. I think that was the route for most of us. Why do you think now you settled with counseling? It doesn't mean you're letting go of all the other things, but it just means that, you know, this is, this is you. Yeah, and I and I think that you know I think that that answers it in one. This is me. I had a heart for counselling. I mean, I didn't mention some of the other things that I've done, but I looked at it and I also work with the Anthony Nolan Bone Marrow Trust, that, that type of thing. I find that um, a lot of the work that I've done in the past is service work, is helping people, mm-hmm. and I can re- I recall years ago. Uh, many moons now without giving away my age, but uh, I wanted to get involved in psychology and, and, and you know, become a psychotherapist and help. And um, I stepped out in my younger years and um, started out with the, um, well, I went back to school, so to speak, and um, started out doing some uh, psychology courses and counselling courses, so to speak. And I just, it was quite heartbreaking because the people I was trying to train with, I would say were sort of middle upper class, um, mature ladies Mm. um, who had their ideas and their ideals about how these things work and who people are and what they're about. And I found myself 
struggling to connect with how they think. I think because my background was so different to theirs, um, I felt I was more somebody that was literally brought up on the ground, um, mm. hearing and knowing and recognizing and experiencing all of what goes on out there. I just felt that they didn't have a clue. And so I struggled in the classrooms. I walked away from it in the end because I felt uh, I want to do this, but it doesn't feel like this is for me. Not stage of my life anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay and actually one of the aims of this program if you like is to bring more of an awareness of counselling for people in the Bain community um, so that we sort of can use that as a tool to improve our lives uh, and if you you know when you were talking about starting you know, your training and being sort of in classrooms with older, middle-aged, white uh, women, which sort of, I think, I see us, when I mean us, I mean therapists of color now, uh, trying to build a bridge mm. between, you know, that kind of thinking around therapy and uh, counseling and trying to bring it, you know, be the bridge makers to our own people, um, mm -hmm. making them know that, you know, this is something that they can use and this is a tool, uh, it will be an advantage for, you know, for our people to get into it. What, mm -hmm. what, what has been your experience, you know, working with either our groups or, you know, other groups of people? Um. The experiences have, have varied um, and I think it's interesting because I've, I've, I've been blessed enough to be able to work with um, various people from uh, different cultures um, and I find that those who you know, though, as in we call it, we, we call them BAMEs, I think I'm, you know, <laughs> But people of color, they tend to want to work with people of, the, of, of color. And I found that when they have discovered, so suppose I've uh, they've, they've not seen a picture of myself, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And they've spoken to me on the phone um, and they've discovered that I am a woman of color. Um, they've been actually really um, quite relieved, quite mm -hmm. happy, um, engaged even more so all of a sudden. Um, I think you can also tell from my voice as well, sometimes they pick it up there. Mm. Um, you know, they, they, yeah, they're sort of more, and should I say they feel, it's, they've expressed that they feel more at ease. Mm -hmm. And do you think they feel better understood or they feel they will be better understood by somebody of color or? So for the reasons why they feel at ease is definitely because um, I've, you know, there's, there's been, I've had it said many a time, I don't feel like I'll have to explain everything in detail to you. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that I just know that you'll, you'll just get it. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's, yeah, there's that. So I think that sort of sums it up sometimes. It's, it's, um, it's this way in which they recognize that you will be able to relate to them sometimes without them even having to say, you know, what the whole thing is, you'll be able to relate. Mm -hmm. So they would feel more able to share maybe some experiences about culture, about racism, uh, without feeling the other person may not really get what I'm talking about or, you know, would be resistant to the idea if a black person says, actually, I think all white people a racist, a big statement like that. Which you, um, this is the thing, it's, it's being able, the most important thing that a counsellor can provide or a psychotherapist can pro provide is a safe environment. Mm -hmm. And most definitely, um, as you stated, they, with any counsellor, you should still be able to express that if you want to. Um, but I think it makes it 
uh, I think they don't find that they will need to rescue me, uh, be extra tentative in how they say it, or what would be quite sad is not be able to say it. Um, but there's this thing of where you're having to gently, gently tread on eggshells because you're not wanting to come across as uh, racist yourself or aggressive or whatever other names that um, are attributed to us once we start talking about race. Okay. We're going to move away slightly and talk about something I think is a specialism for you, which is working with children. How old are the children you work with? So I um, I work with children um, uh, at the moment, um, secondary school children. So uh, children from the age of 11, right, right onwards. Um, so because I'm in the school, um, I, I see the children of all ages in secondary school. But I've, I have worked with children who are much, much younger. Um, do you feel children, I know you're working, but I'm going to ask you what a lame man's question would be. Do you feel children need counselling? Um, I definitely, I do feel, I feel, that, I, I feel that all children, I believe that all children, they need mentoring. Mm -hmm. They need um positive um, encouragement, coaching, and yes, there are times in a child's life or some experiences that children go through whereby I would say that yes, counselling um, as a means of mental health support or emotional well-being um, is needed. Do you not think that this can be given by parents alone? Parents alone. Um, parents, parents wear so many hats and do, they, they're having to be not only counsellors, but counsellors, teachers, you know, health specialists. A parent is everything to their child. Mm -hmm. They are. Um, but the sometimes there are difficulties as in there are things, for example, that you can experience in a family unit, uh, you know, uh, so where we have, we talk about this thing of birth, deaths and marriages, you know, and unfortunately sometimes divorce. And if we, let's take divorce for an example. It's a hard messy, painful situation sometimes for some families. And what you might find could happen is a breakdown in communication. Uh, there could also be areas of conflict going on. And I think sometimes it would be, it's hard enough or from what I've heard and experienced with, with, with um, couples going through divorces, it's hard enough for them to go through what they're going through um, and to hold a handle on all of what's going on with the family. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they find it difficult to communicate. Mm -hmm. They find it hard to communicate. So they and they themselves are actually going through the process of, of the divorce and what comes with it themselves. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they're unable to be able to counsel the child. There's another thing is sometimes what, what's happening with the child, the child may try to rescue the parent depending on what's going on in the house. A household could be very busy. There could be all sorts of things going on. Um, there may be other children who might have like challenges, physical challenges, that sort of thing. Things that, you know, demand a lot of time um away from 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 a child and uh by all means by you know no fault of the parent but um you know again the you know the parent may not have the time 
um, inclusive of all of what they've got to do with what society demands with work and everything to sit and counsel the child. Does that sound to the parent like they're not enough? They're not good enough. They're not being a good enough parent and they failed somewhat. Definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. Um, if we look at these things, you know, um, there are, you know, if, if we look at good enough, even as counsellors, mm -hmm. the one thing that we're having to, un, you know, when, when they, they, they say that uh, we have to get ourselves to a place of where we feel like we're good enough. And it's, it's, you know, and it's an important factor for us to, to, to believe and keep in mind. And the, I could understand how it could be challenging for the parent because it's like, okay, um, you know, if they feel like they're handing over their child for somebody else to parent, then, then I can see where they perhaps maybe they may feel that way. But it's, it would help if they, you know, got an understanding and if it was explained to them what counselling is about. So that's the most important thing, coming together and for them to, to for counsellors to give the parents, you know, a good idea of mm -hmm. what counselling is about, um, what types of things that you may be looking at and how you may work with their child. And they'll see that actually it is different. We're not taking on the role of a parent when we get into the counselling room. Because it's quite scary. I remember um, earlier on, I used to work with quite young children in primary school and their parents sometimes would ring me, wait outside the counselling room. I want to know what their child had told me. Um, and it almost felt like I was taking, you know, their child away from them. Somehow I seem to be representing a better parents than um, they were doing. So how i know you explained a bit about you know explaining to the parent how this is not necessarily the case what do you think if you were saying to a parent whose child is disruptive never been but they're going through something maybe the parent doesn't realize that they're going through say something like cyberbullying or bullying in school and they haven't shared this with mom or dad or anybody and school now says to the parent, oh, we've got a counselor and we've referred your child. Yeah. What do you think we can say to a parent to make them feel actually this might be a good thing? Um, so I can think of an example I can think of uh, when um, they referred a child. I, I, there was a child that was referred to me. And um, her mother had asked to um, have a conversation with me um, prior to her agreeing mm -hmm. uh, for her child to have counselling. And um, I agreed to have the conversation with her. And it's, it's quite interesting because what I could pick up was that you know was exactly as you're saying there's those you know is that apprehension and then there's the feeling of um you know who am I handing well quite rightly who am I handing my my daughter over to um and uh you know uh, feelings of her express you know her expressing certain things that um made me uh perhaps maybe, you know, maybe pick up that perhaps maybe there were feelings of inadequacy there. But it was, I think I just, for one, I think what I never, I, I always want to assure the, per, the, 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 the parent or anybody that I'm counselling who's feeling that way is, is that counsellors' lives and or therapists' lives are not perfect. Mm -hmm. And even not even as parents. You know, so even a counsellor may struggle to get through to their own child. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and it's, you know, it's, 
it's through no it doesn't necessarily have to be through the fault of the parent it doesn't have to be down to the person not having good count um, parenting skills or being a definitely not being a bad parent so to speak um you know which is an awful label but um just to assure them that to be honest with you i you know, I'm going to put my training to use. I have been trained in particular areas. And what I'm going to do is put it to use, see if I can build a relationship with your daughter um, just to allow her the space to talk about anything, Mm. to talk about anything. And it's not my aim to, uh, you know, to to talk to 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 basically uh, put you paint you in a bad light, or you know, and it's not our position to be able to do so either. It's not professional, but I'm just here to listen and to hear what she has to say, and hopefully, with my training ears, be able to hear what. She's not saying, but that will be down to my training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's letting the parent know that this is something my skill allows me to do. Yes. I'm not wanting to be your child's parent. I'm not hoping to be your child's parent. I'm not using it to critique you. I'm just uh, support that your child needs along their journey of life for now yeah and also to encourage her because I said to her I'm you know you know I really appreciate and it tells me who you are mm-hmm. um you know as a parent that you know you you're you're questioning what's going to happen here what's going to go on here you know what part am I playing um it's good I I usually embrace and I would welcome a parent you know, talking to me and wanting to know things. And of course, obviously, um, there's areas and there are boundaries of what I will share because it's supposed to be a safe space um, for the child. Um, And there's a certain amount of confidentiality, you know, depending on the child's age group, such and such. And of course, you'll have, um, uh, once you're working in school, there will be other, you know, welfare is involved but of course it's a safe a a safe space so I I welcome um parents who are wanting to know you know about therapy what will go on you know what's the procedure um you know I I really do and 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 usually I can you know I can actually put them at ease and you know um by saying to them no I appreciate it tells me it also tells me what kind of parent you are. The fact that you you want to know about this, you want to know what's going on. Yeah, an indication of good parenting to question. Yeah. You know, who is this stranger who is going to be in a room with my child? Uh, I, I I'm curious as to what happens. Yeah. 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 Do you think counselling, you know, on the onset when a child isn't feeling quite themselves or is acting out in school um, like a preventative way to stop them that behavior escalating because sometimes we feel that they will only need you know sometimes a child is progressively in trouble and then at one point seems I don't want to use the word out of control but parents can't do much school can't do anything the child is now being excluded um, you know, or sometimes even taken away from home. Do you think counselling can be used, you know, to prevent that outcome? Oh, uh, it's a big, pretty big question. Um, I haven't worked with children who have been excluded. Um, and I'm sure perhaps maybe therapists who work uh, with children who have been excluded probably could be uh, best prepared um, and informed about how to answer that. Um, but I do, I, I can say 
that an intervention, um, you know, any intervention that will allow a child to be able to express themselves. Um, as I said, once again, I, I, I you know, provide a safe environment for them to be able to express themselves mm -hmm. um talk about what is really going on for them mm -hmm. um explore uh what might be you know explore whilst working with them in different ways it, you know it, it could be through art therapy music therapy but you know get them to express in some way what's going on but it, explore with them in different ways um you know, uh, um, how, like, even encourage them. So encourage them to be able to explain what is going on for them, express what's going on for them, show what's going on for them, um, act out, because that's what they're doing. They're acting out. So, you know, if they can do that in, 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 in therapy, it will, you know, it will inform us better as to what might be going on for them. And again, then put the correct, you know, intervention strategies, help, support, you know, whatever it is that they need, put that in place before uh, that happens. Now, I would imagine even when it has happened, I can still see uh, a place for therapy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, can still, I can still see where there's a place for it, because if you think about it, there are so many different types of therapy. And if the child is trying to show you in their way, because, you know, we have adults who are not emotionally intelligent and that's no disrespect to adults. But I'm saying that perhaps maybe for all sorts of reasons um, to do with, you know, culture, you know, you know, our, our class, our race, the home culture, you know, our upbringing, we may not have been um privy to somebody expressing uh their emotions and how they feel and you know um you know that type of thing so it may be that the child doesn't you know they 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 don't know how to do this and it may come out in all different ways mm -hmm. so if a child is just to sort of extend if a child is extremely angry inside we all know how that can you know uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but it can also it can also so as you said as you said in terms of escalate what would happen is is if it's not being dealt with and they're not even you know they're not you know they're not having a place for them to be able to uh share it talk about it say, you know even make sense of what's going on for them then that just builds up inside it builds up inside and it will come out somewhere. It will come out somewhere. So I can see where it would be, um, you know, really helpful for them um, to have counselling, even when it has gotten to that stage. And I can see it, you know, being even more helpful as, as, as an intervention prior to hopefully, hopefully to nip it in the bud, as we would say, to, mm -hmm. you know, try and see if we can turn it around because i think um as we all have discovered that counseling is a good intervention tool so i'm thinking of a child who maybe the parents are separated or divorced has issues or feelings around that wasn't expressed then maybe grandma or grandpa was a safe place that grandpa dies or grandma dies and then they're bereaved but everybody assumes a child doesn't have those kind of deep feelings and this child is carrying all of this pain and somehow it comes out either they end up being medi you know medicating it with drugs or sort of finding solace in in gangs or finding you know or, or just being angry and expressing it in in a way so how do how can parents pick up the signs say you know, you know, I know parents want the best and feel sometimes they can fix, you know, everything, you know, we, uh, so how can parents think, hmm, this might be a good idea for this child or for my child? 
this might this might be in and I um when you say this might be sorry plug this in when you say this no, what, what, sorry, what I should say is yeah if I'm a parent yeah and my yeah. child is angry or grandma has passed and they seem very sad sad yeah mm-hmm. um and I've tried we've spoken about about it but I feel there is some part of them that I'm not getting to mm-hmm. now how or you know for an adult would say what are the symptoms for example of somebody who may be depressed yeah mm-hmm. so for an adult person you would probably be able to reel off or I would be able to reel off but for somebody with a child how can you suspect or know that the child is angry or depressed or you know so is in some kind of pain or has some deep emotion that then I'm not able to reach as a parent I think um to be honest with you that in itself is actually quite wide and there's lots of different angles I could come from with that but um for the sake of time um you know there is a, there is no one thing um I think the first thing to recognize is if if you know for for a for a parent is is if you are experiencing something mm-hmm. and you you know and they differ you know and the and and they are different things and different emotions and uh pain then you can almost bet you know that you know one hundred percent so is your child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um because they would have been you know uh, you know they 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 would have been exposed to that exact same thing as you mm-hmm. so um if you if if you as an adult you the way for you to be in tune is it to in terms to in terms recognizing um you know uh what might be going on for somebody else is is really it's important that you recognize what's going on for you mm-hmm. and um you know if i can take it back a little bit when we look at this thing of, you know, never underestimate what sitting at that table, if you possibly can, um, you know, and when you sit at a table and have dinner with your children, eating with your children, and, and of course, being a Christian, I'd say praying with the children. But that table is actually sitting at that table um, and eating and sharing, you know, because, of course, parents get a chance to or the parent gets a chance to you know model what it is to be able to sit and talk and embrace and share and debate and discuss and if if we could do that with our children from very early on uh they they get into the habit of being able to do that and if we are able to sometimes even share with them now and again about how something has made us feel or how we might have dealt with something or how we developed some you know how we coped with something they themselves can start to question and ask questions about those things and you know and and start to learn from there that that's the type of thing that you do and those are the things that you use to implement um you know um you know implement you you your your thought processes into recognizing this is what's you know this is what's going on for me i need to speak to somebody um and let a parent letting somebody a child know that it's okay to share and to talk those things are helpful but coming if we come to as you were saying um um, about looking for the signs mm-hmm. children become introverted um you know sometimes as a sign their moods change um sometimes you know so sometimes they withdraw their moods change a bit children will look at you and if they see that something is difficult for you to talk about they become rescuers mm-hmm. so they're trying to do everything for you um so anything that you see that you know that you recognize that might be a little bit different uh, than they would uh, in how they would be normally and it's ongoing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. start to 
take notice. But I'm assuming, as I said before, if you're going through something, it's more than likely they are going through something. So it would be good to catch it quite early on. And don't underestimate your instinct as a parent, because as a counsellor, it's interesting. We have to try to do this with our skills, um, with your child and not knowing your child. You're a step ahead of us. What we have to do is we have to try and, you know, um, like gain some sense of immediacy, you know, um, an immediacy about what also, like gather a feel of also what could be going on for the child. Whereas with you as a parent, instinctively, you probably would also be able to feel that something is not quite right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you do, ask yourself, what is it that I am feeling more than anything else? And I can almost guarantee that you you probably might be able to pick it up. You know, it could be some fear. It could be like anger. It could be something that you're thinking, I'm picking something up here. What is it? And then you can approach. Um, now, this is the thing with parents. <laughs> I'm not saying, oh, I'm feeling anger. Come and tell me what's going on. You want to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> be careful <laughs> um I would say gently just start to say you know this has been hard what's going on for us in here yeah sometimes I I I feel myself you know it, like sometimes I'm really annoyed mm -hmm. or you know or I'm I get a bit scared how about you how do you feel about this I don't know if that's helpful. Oh, yes, because uh, what you're saying is if I can feel the pain and I can feel the anxiety, I can't discount my child has those same feelings. Um, so if something tough has really happened, if the home, if there's divorce or separation, uh, somebody's passed, if I feel it, the child feels it. I think a lot of times we don't acknowledge that children have these kind of feelings. We just sometimes think where their children, they were okay, they were playing in the next room. They didn't really get what was happening. But if we, what you're saying is if we can feel it, they can feel it. So yeah. we don't discount that they're, 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 they're entitled to feelings. I think sometimes we think children are just happy. They don't feel they really big emotions we feel like fear or anxiety or pain or bereavement uh, we just think they're either happy um, or it's something very simple like somebody didn't give them sweets or something like that so that's been useful I'm going to ask do you find uh, from your experience working with uh, Christian parents are more challenging than working with non-Christian parents so I know I'm going to have to be very careful here. So, <laughs> oh, do you want me to rephrase the question? <laughs> uh, no, actually, I suppose because I work in the, I work in schools mainly. I guess uh, that same parent, actually, the one who I told her I commended her to come in to me to speak to me about it, she was Christian. Mm -hmm. She was a Christian, and and I and I I I, I do feel that. Um, so what was good was I was able to tell her uh, also as well because she said we're a Christian family, and you know she started to explain that you know there are some things that she might feel, and then I was able to put her mind at ease because I said to her, well I'm I'm also a Christian, mm -hmm. um, um, and. When I say I was able to put her mind at ease, I said to her, I'm also a Christian. And then it did more put her mind at ease. Mm -hmm. There was the area of some pauses and some silences with, you know, and, you know, and and, and sort of explanations as in, um, you know, but we do, you know, we do go to church and, you know, and I do ensure that she does come to church. And, um, you know, as a family, we do sit down and we do pray together. And, you know, it's not like we haven't been praying about this. Um, and I felt that I think I felt it, you know, in, in my heart for her because 
we can begin to feel inadequate. So it's like a double whammy for Christians. It's almost like as a parent and as a Christian, uh, it may appear as though I don't like to use the word failing, but, I, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm not doing as I should. So I can see where it probably could be even more difficult for a person of faith because, you know, a lot of the time we're told to, to just pray about it. And, you know, um, have we been teaching our children the word and, uh, you know, have the ch- children been attending church and do we ensure that they, you know, that they're reading the word every day. And then it becomes this thing of it's almost like, used sometimes unfortunately as a set of rules to like a beating stick against the parent and uh, that's a sh- that that so I, I could imagine that that would create some reluctance in a in a Christian parent coming forward and also in terms of the belief it's like their beliefs might be challenged also as well as it is with them um, Sickness is a good example of that, isn't it, really? You know, you'd be healed. You just you just got to believe that, you know, God is by your stripes where you're healed, you know, that sort of thing. And that can be really hard on people. So, yes, if we do, you know, um, it's that thing of not casting the stone after the parent, that type of thing um, would help, you know, in our environment as Christians. It would help parents to feel more at ease to come forward but I would say that yeah there's though that there's that could cause the reluctance amongst um other things it could be a bit of a double whammy for the parents of faith so that might be the resistance but I do going on from that I'm not sure what you were going to ask me next but when it does come together again like I said I run a private practice so I sometimes have parents who contact me direct Mm. um, you know and so we work together um, a little bit more so that doesn't mean that I go back and I say oh and in the session your daughter or your son whatever Um, it's not that it's um, you know it's being able to say you know well let's stand in prayer for that Mm -hmm. let's believe for that Mm -hmm. let's trust God for that Um, you know um let's you know let's trust that you know because I've always like tried to say to the parent let's trust that God will use me in the way that he he needs to with the Holy Spirit being our counselor and our guide you know and parents Christian parents um can tend to be quite comforted by that let's let's trust that the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. will work through me so I actually I was going to ask a slightly different question but we'll come back to just what you've said because I think that is the crux of it in our way of working as Christians using really the the person who is the counselor and the standby so you're just sitting there and the you know the Holy Spirit is doing the work but I was going to ask if you feel some of the resistance is actually attached to this stigma attached to mental health in general Mm -hmm. You know, because now you failed as a parent, you failed as a Christian. And there's also this big thing also attached to saying, you know what, I'm seeing a counsellor. My child is seeing a counsellor. Does that mm-hmm. mean that they're unwell? Um, again, um, sometimes I, <laughs> I find it difficult to sort of just answer the question direct because once you're with you when you're speaking to me um there are things that are coming in my head like for instance my church my past church um that I was with for so many years very much believed in counseling you know and that my church was predominantly um made up of a Ghanaian Nigerian demographic so you know very much and we also had a counseling center So a lot of that, my um, pastor's wife, she's a qualified counsellor as well, too. And, you know, a really good one. And she took she spent so much time opening up the the arena um, for people to talk about these things. And even, you know, even you could see, you know, um, 
that you know that she was a counselor you could see and hear she was even for when you know when she with her sermons and it was so helpful to open up the way for people to accept and engage in counselling and people were very comfortable with bringing their you know their children to the um the counselling centre um because it was counsellors too it was run by their pastor three it was a professional environment also as well it wasn't pastoral because there is a difference between the two and there's nothing wrong with having um the pastoral avenue to go down as well um mm-hmm. you know but um but they were able to define the differences between them and they were able to uh, help people understand the differences and the benefits of both mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so when we look at what you're talking about it's like um i struggle with it a little bit because it was more so accepted from the pathway that i came from than than uh than than not if you see what i mean i'm not sure if i'm coming from the right angle with this with you tell no, me i think i mean i i think the when we talk about people needing counseling or being unwell sometimes we think of the extreme so for instance um, recall my uh, pastor's wife saying that it's it was easier to it was easier to to uh to advertise a workshop mm-hmm. as uh a well-being workshop mm-hmm. than it was to ever mention anything about mental health (laughs) (laughs) it's like the differences isn't it between when we say oh you know we're gonna have you know a prayer prayer evening is going to be (laughs) we're gonna pray about finances and you can't (laughs) you don't have enough space in the hall (laughs) for the few people who turn up you know, if you want people to come to a prayer meeting, say, yeah, we're going to cover finances, you know, it makes us sound a little bit shallow, but I'm joking, it's a bit tough. But in all fairness, if we look at it, I, I recall her saying that. It's funny because that stuck with me. And she said, if it's to do with us and it's to do with people of color and our people and our culture, you know, call it anything you like, you know, emotional, emotion building. Uh, you know, dreams, whatever it is, but you know, uh, well-being. But if you put anything to do with mental health on it, you're more likely not going to have people want to either sign up, engage, you know, um, or, or or be a part. Because of course, yes, the stigma is still there. Now it's opening up again, as I said, a lot more. I mean, uh, the younger I have, the generation that's again, not wanting to get my age away, but that's a couple of generations down from me. And my goodness, they're just like, no, yeah, I need someone to talk to. (laughs) 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 You know, and and I love it, especially like, um, you know, some of the the young adults from uni. And it's just like, yeah, no, no, this thing's totally stressing me out. And you know what, like, I'm freaking out. And it's, and and I love this because they're all their own little counselors and this is tapping into things and it's triggering this and you know and and you know and I know my relationship stuff is you know to do to do with my dad issues I know there's stuff like that going on so yeah yeah so I want to work with you and I love it Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it so it's not as bad as it was Mm -hmm. but when we come to parents who are pretty strong in the faith have I think um titles in the church mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the ones who seemingly are supposed to have it all together Ooh, I, even as I'm talking now I I can that resistance um you know it's it's still pretty much there <laughs> it, it is in fact they, they would even rather you call it pastoral they would you know sometimes again it's like okay some people will uh go through a series of pastoral meetings you know and keep coming back to the same thing pastoral meetings coming back to the same thing pastoral meetings coming back to and there's 
it makes you know it hurts my heart because one okay the person in pastoral now becomes a counselor for the person but may not have all of the skills that they need to one keep the person safe two um keep themselves safe uh three help the person as much as they'd like to so they can end up feeling slightly inadequate because they're over not over pray can you over pray but the praying and the fasting and the thing of what have been over exerting themselves and um in the spiritual area and the person the the, the recipient could feel like they're a failure it's to do with my belief it's my belief i don't believe enough i don't believe enough i got it and not really it it really is because with therapy if you're tapping into something and you pick something up then it will give that thing the whole time of day mm-hmm. and therapy people do that it will allow the time of day it will allow the person to explore it and it's, and 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 the therapist can walk alongside mm-hmm. gently gently ease them along keeping them safe ease them along um know the right questions to ask to help them to open up areas recognize where there's pain so perhaps maybe hold them in that area mm-hmm. um support them tell them sometimes what maybe to expect because it can be quite can be a bit scary mm-hmm. but you know gently walk alongside them until they get to that place of where you know you may just end up like all of a sudden that scripture suddenly just drops in and just does exactly what it needs to do because you've cleared the way you've made space you've dealt with some of the pain barriers that have been creating the resistance and sometimes this is why i say it's it's not just the therapist it's not just the hats that the you know the parents wear lots of hats and the therapist can do their thing and the pastor can there is there's room and space for all of us to be able to help an individual if they if they need it it takes it, that's what they say it takes a village right to raise a child yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. all right we've come to time thank you again for coming um, I'm sure you'll be back. <laughs> Being gentle with me. <laughs> but I hope I've been. I hope it's been helpful um, to whoever listens. Um, you know, I hope it does, and I hope people see our hearts. I hope it's helped people to see our hearts as therapists, and especially as Christian therapists, um, because as I said when it works my goodness it really does work when we connect it's nothing but the holy spirit doing the work through us through us i hope you've been blessed like i have today listening to sandra i think what i take away from it is it gives us parents permission to ask our children would you like to speak to somebody about what you're going through if you feel you cannot share it with me So I thank Sandra again for coming and I look forward to seeing you again next week.